Hey everyone, welcome to a podcast episode about the creative process and making music. Today I'll be interviewing Laura Bardsley from Punktai, and I'm really excited to talk to her because she makes an album every single month with her band, and we're going to get into lots of questions about how she does that, what her approach is, what it means for her, and uh, many more exciting things. So stay tuned. And so maybe if you could just describe the project for, for people that don't know what it is. Sure. So I, I make an album. I'm putting album in quotation marks. I feel like I should change the thing to a record because it's technically like a record of events. That's what I'm trying to do. I realize that like life went by, goes by super fast, obviously, but like I don't keep a diary as much. I've never been good at being like dear diary every day. I remember as a kid, I would be like, oh, I have to catch you up on like the three years. I'm so sorry. So (laughs) it's nice to have like a record of where I've been like in my life. And like, I try to like get people, whoever I'm collaborating with to like really, you know, just like what you're feeling at that point at that time, like that stuff. And so, and it's really fun to do interpersonal like relationships with that too like especially when we do it like in real life it's so nice to just hang out with somebody and chat and then just like diddle with instruments and be like let's record that let's put something on top of it um sorry i'm kind of getting off of what the project is but it's all about harnessing that like um that like sense of confidence like the childhood thing that we had before we learned insecurity you know, we were just like, why, why, like, I don't need to be doing this. Why should I do this? It's just like, just try something. So. It's high, it's far, it's near. It's good, you can't interfere. Boost you up, boost you up. I was get pulled down. Explode your energy. Implode efficiency. Blast off reality. Zoo no vid. Trample me, crush me, no. Use me, own me, oh. I'm not the one fucking with love. Get and play like yo yo. Boost your, boost your vibe. Boost your, boost your vibe. Boost your, boost your vibe. I was getting pulled down. You put out a full record and you're recording it in one day and um, mixing and mastering and arranging in another day. Is that how it goes kind of yeah so it's always it's about constraints too so it has to be done in like usually four to five hours sometimes i'll like allow depending on the situations like i've done double sessions with people so we've done like two sessions in four to five hours but like part of it is too like i because it's like an exercise and producing something and not like nitpicking it not going further not like adding stuff to it you know like trying to keep it really simple um one of the there's three rules in punk die and the, the first rule is that you have to choose an instrument or thing you're most comfortable playing, and then you're not allowed to play that. So it's about, like, pushing people out of their comfort zones, too. Now, it's kind of nice, because I'm like, I guess I can kind of play everything, but, like, <laughs> no. 
I don't know if I'm good at it or not, but like I've played the cajon, I've played chimes, like I've played the freezer, Nalgene bottle, like so many, so many things. One, there's one um, uh, album I really like. It's called Double. It's with Josh Bogowski from Egg, formerly of Egg Paper. But what we did is we uh, made like binaural mics, but like fake ones. So we tried to like put two mics on opposite side of the room. And then we were doing, uh, we had like these metal bowls, like mixing bowls, and we were using, we were like dinging them, so it was like, kind of like a singing bowl. And then we were also being like, oh, and just like playing with that. <laughs> Usually I'll give somebody an instrument, we'll chat, drink coffee or something, and then they'll start like diddling around on the instrument, and I will start recording what they're doing. And then it always just kind of organically blossoms from there, that we'll just like start doing stuff like that, so... But there and then the there's no limit on like how little or how much we make. It's so much just like what happens in that time. So. And so uh, you talked about like having them over, having a coffee, giving them an instrument. It would you describe the process as kind of a ritual? Do you have certain rituals around how it goes, or is it you just kind of feeling it out each time? Not really. Sometimes like I've definitely gone back and forth between being like. Oh, like I when it first started, it was much more experimental. Like it's still experimental, but like there's one album where like there's a couple tracks where me and my collaborator Piper Curtis tried to break a Nalgene bottle with a cement block. We couldn't. <laughs> there was another where like I used to use the four track app on my phone, so I'd like take my phone and then we would like record something on it and then we put it in the freezer and then we just start hitting things on the oh freezer. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, we've done so, and I kind of, like, I love that stuff, and then I also always, like, you know, to, because I don't want to create just, like, stuff I don't want to listen to as much as fun as it is, like, there's always grappling with, like, the too far into the noise, art, whatever, where I'm like, is this good, though? Like, so I try to, I don't know, kind of, so far, I guess definitely become more polished and stuff, but I still love the random sound effects and just, like, making jokes with people. Jokes are the best. Yeah. So 49 albums. How long has it been that Punkta has been? Just over four years. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time. I did listen to a few of the latest albums um, just like today in in preparation, and I kind of check in every now and then. Um, And they're sounding really dancey and like super fun. I'm wondering what some of your influences have been lately. Honestly, like I really like... I started to like really like more like dancey stuff, I guess. Like not so much like I don't I really hate making ambient music or even like mm-hmm. slow balladly music at this point. Like I just it just I'm so bored. Like I just when I'm making it I'm like Ugh. So like at this point I'm like, yeah, like give me like polyrhythms on top of polyrhythms on top of polyrhythms, like not just something that makes me feel like I wanna pass out, but something that I wanna dance to. I really like Lakele forty seven. She's really cool. She's a rapper. And I, 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 I love Kanye West. I haven't really gone into, like, Yeezus or Life of Pablo territory, but, like, I still listen to his first three albums a lot. Less stuff with the rhythm, I say, is my references. Just, just beats. I like beats a lot.
so you're when you're your relationship to your influences maybe isn't so literal that you're taking stuff directly i don't want to call it like i don't um really personally with music uh i don't love stuff that sounds like other stuff from before like i don't like stuff that's like exact copies carbon copies of stuff like a a band that specifically wants to sound like a 70s rock band they sound like a 70s rock band like that personally i've had no interest in that i haven't i want to hear new stuff i want to hear stuff that's like new and different and strange and like even if it makes me like hate it like that's still like eliciting more of a response i feel so i i really want stuff that like i like stuff that is new that is different that is strange that is unpredictable so and when you are creating um are you do you have like some kind of a sound in your head that you're looking to bring out of the program or anything or are you just kind of playing and seeing what comes out and then doing something with that pretty much yeah that's how most of my music career has been is just like playing stuff with whatever is around like I have um like stupid instruments that I like or like like I there's one punk die album that has like two of these it's based around these two samples it's like sounds like a b it's like pew <laughs> and then another one is like or something and like it's just I'll hear the sound or like go through a sample or like play with an instrument or something and then like there'll be a sound and then I'll want to work around that yeah I never really like I, I really envy people that are like I have a dream for an entire album I know it all and I'm like I don't I just I don't I'd like it to sound like tattoo all the things she said but also not I don't I don't <laughs> the last band that i was in there was like that creative difference where i'm kind of more in that camp of playing around and seeing what comes out and my bandmate was really good at like knowing what sound they want and then bringing that out and it was really hard to like collaborate and have conversations about music because we just weren't coming at it from the same place no exactly yeah it's like even like it's funny when i was growing up i would always listen to lyrics lyrics were like the most important thing to me and now like the music is really important. Like lyrics are still good, but I have like way less because I've like learned about the music. It's so mm-hmm. interesting how like your listening changes too, you know? Like I wonder yeah, if you listen to music and you're like, Oh, that sounds so interesting. I wonder how they got and like if they listen to music, you're like old bandmate and they're like, Oh, like I can see the vision here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it probably comes down to, to how you listen to music as well. Um, do you listen to your own music? I do. Um, I actually had one summer where I exclusively listened to my own music. <laughs> I was cleaning Airbnbs and it was like mid-punk die, probably like year two, and I just only listened to my own music. I don't like to run away. I was wondering for a while, actually, if like if there was a person who 
chose not to listen to any music, but only to make their own music to listen to. Is that yeah. like of course that's still valid? That's yeah, still that's still like a cool thing. Like, is it narcissistic? Is it vain? Or is it like because we're supposed to make the music we want to listen to? Of course, yeah. And like chefs have to taste their own food. Yeah, right? exactly. And like I find sometimes you know like there's this whether or not it's it's like uh, forced humility or if it's um, insecurity or if it's just like what like uh, polite. But I feel like a lot of people will respond that they don't listen to their own music. And I find that kind of strange because I'm like, why? why? Like, are you stoked? Yeah, like little Nas X, I'm pretty sure is only listening to his own music. And he is doing great. So Yeah, totally. Yeah. Did you always listen to your own music or was it a was there a time when you started doing that more? No, I think it's a, like when I started making it like in 2015, I started my other project, Blue Odor, and it was just like me with a bass guitar and my computer microphone and like a synth that I had like I really I, I, I listened to them obsessively like I was like because it was my first foray into making it you know and like now I'm like whoo this is lo-fi but like <laughs> back then I was like mm, yeah mm-hmm, yeah oh I should make that louder <laughs> like I was fascinated with it so oh that's so cool yeah, that was a that was a transition in my life. I didn't always used to, and I think you're right. It was out of insecurity of like hearing the mistakes over what I liked about it in the first place. When um, was the time that you switched? Honestly, like so, Yum. I was in Yum. We made. Oh, I loved Yum. I never even saw Yum. I'm a big fan of Yum. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Yum. Yum kind of fizzled out with the pandemic uh, wave. But yeah, the first EP that we did, I didn't really listen to, didn't like it. And then the second one, I don't know, we had, I think we kind of zeroed in on the sound that we wanted by that point. And I was just more proud of the work. And yeah, I was definitely like bumping that. And then we made two songs at the beginning of the pandemic um, that I listen to on repeat all the time. And yeah, <laughs> that's sweet. Because it's like, it's your own private little song, you know, you're like, Oh, I made this. Oh, I know all the yeah. secrets behind this. Like, oh, that part was really funny because they screwed it up in the studio. Yeah, lots of stories, lots of fun stuff. They were also both collaborative. I feel like that had something to do with it too. Yeah, remembering a time. Like, I, I like that Punk Die is kind of a, you described it as like a journal or diary of your life. Because, yeah, you can look at, back on these little timestamps and, and remember times and stuff. And also, like, I hung out with people. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the time. Because, like, you know, you're like, what did I do three years ago on, in July? So I make like a little write-up too. It's like talk about the other person I was collaborating with. Try to like, because if I didn't, I would have no, I don't know how much music or tracks. I don't like if you threw a track name at me, I'd be like, that's a good joke. Or like, I've never heard that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 49 releases. Is it always collaborative? Are you always working with somebody else? Sometimes it doesn't work out, uh, which is okay. Again, I'm not always good at telling, asking people if they want to collaborate before the month in question that I need them to. So the last one was number 48, and I tried to make, I did, I made 15 tracks, so we were all like maybe a minute, two minutes long, and it was pretty fun, it was all just me, and then for this month, because I didn't have anybody, I'm just making like two little tracks. Can you compare the experience of making music by yourself versus collaborating? It's way harder to just like, when I'm alone, because I'm like, here I am again with no one else, and I'm like, okay, gonna make this, instead of somebody else being like, dope, I'm like, dope <laughs> is this dope i think it's dope i don't is it, ask my cat if it's dope like, yeah after you listen to something like ten thousand times it's hard to tell <laughs> if it's good anymore yeah i call that yeah. demo itis 
But it's when you listen to something too many times, like a demo, or say like a mix CD. You listen to it so many times that like you can hear the next song coming after it, even though, you know, and like you can't get rid of that in your head. Yeah, and the context is just so different from like a first time listener. Yeah, like when you're trying to work on a track and you're like, what if it works with like an entirely different vocal melody? And you're like, ah, but I can't. Like, I can't, all they say is the same thing. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, Would you say that you put a lot of pressure on yourself in music? Is that, what's your relationship to that? I say yes, but more so, like, I don't, somebody made, I don't know if it was meant as a joke, but I thought it was really funny. They were like, music is a calculus, Laura. <laughs> you don't need to make so many albums. No one's going to listen to it. And I was like, you're... I don't, and I was like, but I'm not, that's not really the point of why, like, I don't really expect anyone to have listened to everything, you know, like, I think I like, I'm always overjoyed when somebody listens to it, but that's not really like the point of it. I guess the point is just to have like a record because I like making music and to flex your music muscles every month. think about your listener at all when you're making music no well maybe like I do but I think of myself as a listener like I try to put myself out where I'm like if I was at this would I be like that's awesome or would I be like I I don't like that I would change that like I kind of try to think of me doing it but then there's other times where I'm like it's gonna be like this the whole song it's four minutes long it's the same like but um I don't know I try that's what the other theme that's kind of interesting is because I have such a short amount of time with the songs and so do my collaborators before we release them that I feel like it's more of our interaction with the actual tracks is after the fact. Like I have so much more appreciation for some things when I go back and I'll listen I'll be like man this is amazing but like when I'm kind of in the zone I'm like must finish this thing and I'm like I want to do this and I'm like no you can't you're not it's got to be out tomorrow. So you kind of become like a first time listener after the project's over to you in a way. Yeah, I do. Like, well, that's the fun thing of making so many things that I don't like. I do like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this track. I remember this thing. But I'm just like, oh, yeah, that like, oh, yeah, because I just it's so many. It's kind of like a wash. Do you want to describe um, maybe it's not always consistent, but do you want to describe your setup a little bit? Oh, sure. It's definitely not consistent. It started with a four track app for a um, Android phone that is free called j4t and it was awesome you could add delay and reverb you can like do overdubs and like the way it compresses drums the way the phone mic compresses drums is like chef's kiss it's so good so i used that for a while and then i was and like then i was using audacity oh and a tape machine i had a lot of tape machines um and then i started i got ableton on my computer so i started using that but i try to always like switch it up I find it um, funny when, because, like, imposing rules or constrictions on things actually yield to so many more possibilities. Like, I found out recently that Wiley Coyote was written on a set of rules, like him and Roadrunner's relationship. Hmm. And I just, I was like, oh, this is so good. Like, it spawned just, like, so many things, you know? Like, they're like, okay, we must have some rules. And then just follow the rules. But it ends up being, like, so many other stuff. 
Yeah, that's true. I find that if I write lyrics or something, often if I'm like looking for us to fit it into a certain set of like syllables or a rhyme or something, it really blows open possibilities because it's like not just coming from my brain. I'm also like trial and erroring so much stuff. Have you ever heard of Christian Book, the poet? No, I don't think so. He's interesting. He's like kind of like part of me thinks he's insufferable and part of me thinks that he's like like smart <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like kind of cool. But he wrote this book called Eunoia. The, the word means beautiful thinking, but it's a retelling of the Odyssey. So it's taking a story that already exists, retelling it, but each chapter is dedicated to one vowel. And so what he did is he searched through dictionaries upon dictionaries upon dictionaries and found words that only had the vowel A, or only had the vowel I, or only had the vowel U, only had the vowel O, and then organized them and wrote these like little things. And it's amazing because it's like sound poetry, but it's all, and like it's like really well written and really fun to read aloud and an amazing thing, but it's all just built on like a lipogram, a constraint that it was like you can only use one vowel. Super cool. And I feel like a lot of listeners, if they find out that something happened kind of accidentally, or the artist wasn't completely in control. It was like these self-imposed rules that, that created an accident, like a happy accident, um, can cause frustration in listeners. Have you had any experience with that? I think maybe. Uh, I feel like it's not so much frustration. I just sometimes like not worry or anything, but that um, because of the sessions are so chill and like really like ridiculous, then... I'm not sure if all of my collaborators like really feel like they should have to take it seriously. Like not that they don't take it seriously in the collaboration or whatever, but like when the the thing comes out or whatever, I feel like they're like, oh yeah, that's a fun thing that we happen once in a, but it like kind of morphs. That's what I like of the retrospect over time where you're like, oh no, this is actually a track. Yeah, totally. With uh, the last two Yum songs, we tried to like hide some little like, I kind of thought of them as like pranks a little bit. Like we had a a saxophone sound at the end or like kind of a horn sound at the end of one. Uh, But it was a chair that we squeaked on the ground and then pitched it way, way down. So it wasn't a squeak. It was just literally sounded like a saxophone. That's sound design right there. (laughs) But like it's this funny experience telling people like, oh, yeah, that's like a chair squeaking on the ground because it sounds like this really smooth sax sometimes it's like a bit of an eye roll situation or something you know really i would think that's always i'm like wow really that's amazing that would be my (laughs) reaction it's like cool like Billie eilish for example she has like a drill sound in one of her songs it's like bad guy has a drill sound in it and it was a drill sound there's a voice memo on her phone of like her at the dentist and pc music like they a lot of them really pride themselves on creating like all of their own samples so i think that you might be in the club (laughs) <laughs> let me into PC music yeah I sent them an email being like I exist I hope you know that I love you <laughs> they get back to you nope. <laughs> not yet <laughs> someday, someday yeah someday someday um do you think no it's <laughs> what what do I think just a little joke I thought of do you think that you got into music because the word bard is in your name yeah, thank you. Hey, the, my first name is actually, that's awesome. Thank you for that joke. I'm going to elaborate. My first name is Laura. And Laurel Leaves used to adorn the heads of poets. I write poetry, have for a very long time. Then I got into music. Bardsley means field of bards. So it's actually like kind of disgusting 
that I write poetry and I'm a musician because it's literally my name. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. So my joke is literally not even a joke. That's just your name. Yeah, I got it. It's my name, actually. My middle name is Elizabeth because I'm a queen. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's excellent. You were born for this. <laughs> I was born this way. <laughs> oh, man. What is your sort of relationship to promotion and social media um, with with the project? I've watched so many YouTube videos of like how to get social media followers, do this, join my master class. And like, honestly, I I just, there's like a mental block. Like I just like, I, I, I will post about the albums, like when they come out, but like, I just, because like Facebook's gone. All I really can think of is like Instagram and Twitter, but like I don't really go on Twitter. I just, my mom sends me screenshots of Twitter or I'm on Reddit and I see screenshots of Twitter. That's how I interact with Twitter. And like, I like it like that. <laughs> and so I find it really kind of hard to, and I like don't pay for promotional content, you know, like I don't pay for advertisements, at least not right now because I don't have any money. But, um, <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to put them, you know? Like, I don't really know how to promote as much. And because, like, of press releases and other things, I always, I'm like, I wish that I had a manager because pretending to be my own manager, Jacob Donlin, who is definitely real. Um, <laughs> yeah. The whole world. <laughs> Super real. Totally have met that guy. Um, he he sucks at sending out... <laughs> press releases because it's every month and it's really annoying <laughs> so i suck at it i fully suck i'm surprised when people find me on instagram and i'm stoked and like when people that's why when people are like i listen to punk time like really wow <laughs> thank you Some